pray this finds you having a blessed day in the Lord. Looking forward to getting into the book of Judges, chapter 3. We're going to have a long passage today, so I'm not going to read it all. Uh, but it's going to be Judges, chapter 3, verses 7 through 41, or verse 7 through 31. So I encourage you to read that. But I want to read a couple of specific verses. Um, I want to start off by reading uh, verse 7 and verse 12. And then we're going to um, kind of walk through uh, a little bit of this passage, give you some, a um, little bit of a historical context, and then talk about um, the, the real crux of what we're going to look at today, which is discipleship. So in verse 7, it says, The Israelites did what was evil in the Lord's sight, so they forgot the Lord their God and worshipped the Baals and the Asherahs. All right, you go down to uh, verse 12. The Israelites again did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He gave King Eglon of Moab power over Israel because they had done what was evil in the Lord's sight. What you find is, let's go to verse 11. All right, so in verse 7, it says that Israel did what was evil in the Lord's sight. Now look here in verse 11. Then the land had peace for 40 years, and Othniel and Kenaz died. So Israel did what was evil in the Lord's sight. They cried out to God. God was able to um, bring them uh, back to you know, a state of worship. And in verse 11, it says they had 40 years of peace. Then all of a sudden, here in verse 12, after 40 years of peace, it says, And the Israelites did what was evil in the Lord's sight. Now, look at verse 30 for me. In verse 30, it says, Moab became subject to Israel that day, and the land had peace for 80 years. So Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. They cried out to God. God rescued them. They have 40 years of peace. In 40 years of peace, they don't learn anything. They go right back into doing evil again. They end up getting taken captive again. They get rescued again. And then they end up having 80 years of peace. Well, unfortunately, as you go and you continue to, to go through the book of Judges, you'll find that this is going to be the major repetition for the nation of Israel all throughout the book of Judges. It's uh, a repetition of falling into a sinful lifestyle. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. And what it comes to is what we've been talking about up to this point. Now, I want us to go a little bit deeper into the idea of uh, discipleship. We've been talking about it and the importance of it over the last few uh, podcasts we've done. But I want us to be able to to really go back and look at what was being established. So in the book of Deuteronomy, we have these, if you want to say, commands that are going to be given by Moses. We're going to look in Deuteronomy chapter 4 starting in verse 1 through 9. It says, Now Israel, listen to the statutes and ordinances that I am teaching you to follow, so that you may live, enter, and take possession of the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. You must not add anything to what I command you or take away anything from it, so that you may keep the commands of the Lord your God I am giving you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did to, at Baal Peor, for the Lord your God destroyed every one of you who followed Baal of Peor. But you... 
who have remained faithful to the Lord your God are all alive today. Look, I have taught you statutes and ordinances as the Lord your, my God has commanded me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to possess. Carefully follow them, for this will show your wisdom and understand in the eyes of the people. When they hear about all these statutes, they will say, This great nation is indeed a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call on him? And what great nation has righteous statutes and ordinances like the entire like this entire law I have set before you today? Only be on your guard and diligently watch yourselves so that you don't forget the things your eyes have seen and so that they don't slip from your mind as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to your grandchildren. There's another passage in Deuteronomy 6 that talks about the same idea of discipleship. We talked about it in Joshua. How Joshua learned from uh, the bickering of the, the nation of Israel at the Red Sea. And when they crossed Jordan, he tried to establish some things to help with discipleship. So what I want us to do is I want us to look at three specific things and kind of elaborate on them concerning discipleship and why it's so important. And why it can cause and lead to a lifestyle of repetitious sin. All right. The first one we're going to look at is that discipleship is no longer important when you receive what you want and desire. Now, notice discipleship was important until the nation of Israel got to the promised land. They reflected on Egypt, the battles and the victories, the miraculous moments. Yet now that they had their promised land, they seemed to simply just relax. As we talked about here in the beginning part of the book of Judges, it says that there rose up a nation that did not know the God of their ancestors. And you're seeing this lack of discipleship that takes place, and you wonder what's really going on. Well, nothing. That's the problem. There is no discipleship that's going on. There is no teaching that's going on. And so what happens is there's this group of people that just began to... Um, not really have a relationship with God. It's just they start seeing religious stuff. They start seeing, if you want to use this term, religiosity. And what you find is there is a significant problem with uh, the people not learning, not knowing, and God becomes this distant memory to them. God is not present with them. God is not someone that they have a relationship with that they understand that they are currently involved in. God almost becomes mythical. These stories of the nation of Israel and their um, being uh, brought out of the land of Egypt and all these victories in the promised land, it, it kind of becomes these mythical nighttime stories that you can share. And that's not who God is. God is a present God. And so because of the lack of discipleship, that was taking place um, because they had entered the promised land, it began to have a massive negative effect to their life. Here's the second one. Discipleship is more important when the battle isn't raging. Now, normally we would think that when we're going through some difficult times, when there's a lot of bad stuff that's taking place and happening, we would think that discipleship is very important. But really, discipleship is more important when things are going well. See, discipleship during the times of battle is very easy. When we're in uh, the battle, we use discipleship to help encourage, pray, and grow, and help us to keep focus. Yet, when we look at a passage like Psalm 4610, where it says, Be still and know that I'm God. When things are good and things, 
you know, we seem to be still. There's not a whole lot going on. The problem is, is we don't see a need for discipleship or growth. See, we seem to be programmed that it's only in the difficult times we need to grow and to be attentive to discipleship. That's not really the case. You need to learn and grow just as much in peacetime as you do wartime. You know, one of the things that always happened when we were when I was serving in the military was we would do all of these drills on a regular basis and we would have you'd always have these guys that would make this comment. Why in the world are we having to do this stuff? Because nothing's going on. There's no war going on right now. There's there's no fighting going on. Why do we have to keep doing these drills and practice? So that way whenever the the real thing hits, you don't have to try to figure out what to do. I remember that while we were serving in South Korea, there would be numerous times that like at two in the morning, while everybody was dead asleep, they would end up having the alarm go off that there was a chemical attack, a a, a biological or chemical uh, warfare attack. And you had a minute and a half to be able to put on your chemical suit and to be able to get all of, uh, once you got the, the chemical suit on in a minute and a half, you had a total of five minutes to be able to get your chemical suit on, to run out of the barracks with all of your gear, grab your weapon from the armory, and be in formation in five minutes. And that is so hard to do when you are coming out of a dead sleep, unless it's something that you do and it's almost second nature. To where when you hear that alarm go off, it's not like you've got to sit down and think about it and say, oh my goodness, where is my stuff? I don't know what I'm doing. You've already got your stuff ready and you just go straight at it. And see, it's, it's the, the, the problem is in the Christian life, it's really the opposite. Discipleship and growth are vital in the still times because you can see clearly, you can process what's going on, and you can deepen in your faith for the difficult times that are going to come. See, when times are tough and when things around us seems to be raging, it's in those times that, number one, we don't see clearly. When you think about a a time to where you are just overwhelmed and things around you just seem to be raging, one of the problems that you have is clarity of understanding what to do, where to go, and what you're seeing. The second one is you don't think properly. Usually what happens is you default back into, you know, uh, survival. Um, survival mode. You're not really thinking about the most rational decision. You're just thinking about what is going to help me to survive. And then you also got to rely on your faith over the doubts and fears. See, one of the things that happens when we're in the middle of trials and we're in the middle of difficult times is we've got to be able to rely on the faith that we have from what God has done to continue to push us in uh, and, and through the storm. Because what happens when the storm is raging, when everything around us is going on, we're not thinking clearly, we're not seeing clearly, and we have to rely that God is going to push us and move us in the right direction. And that's really hard to do if the only time that we're focusing on discipleship and growing is when the times are tough. This is why it's so important to have someone who is in your life, who is pouring into your life, and who is really trying to um, minister to you. Uh, Because usually what happens is when, when things are going bad, you reach out to mentors and you reach out to people. 
However, when things seem to be going good, we just kind of go on our normal day-to-day routine. We need to have consistency when it comes to discipleship in our life. Not just getting discipleship when things are good, not just getting discipleship when things are bad, but making sure that we have constant discipleship and growing and challenging taking place in our lives so that when things are good, we're still growing and we're still doing discipleship. And even when things are tough, we're still doing discipleship and we're still growing. Then it brings us to the third uh, aspect that we're looking at. When discipleship is neglected, relationship with God turns into repetitive religion. See, you can notice the uh, repetition that takes place with the nation of Israel throughout the book of Judges. There's peace. Then all of a sudden they start worshiping the other gods. They begin to do evil. They get usually taken captive. They hate it and they cry out to God. And then they're freed by a judge that God puts into place. But then there's no discipleship that takes place. And the process repeats itself. So this is a question that I kind of asked as I was looking at this study. Why did they not learn? Why did they not see the pattern that was taking place in their lives? You know, we may kind of look at this and say, you know, this doesn't make any sense. The nation of Israel should have seen what was going on. The nation of Israel should have seen all of this stuff. Why in the world were they were they fallen prey to this over and over every single time you turned around? Well, it's because of a lack of discipleship. See, discipleship teaches us to deepen in a relationship with God. Israel and many today wanted a religion that fixed their problems but left them alone to live however that they wanted. See, discipleship keeps you surrendered to live out the Lord's will for your life while religion allows your will to take the lead. See, one of the things that we find when it comes to discipleship is discipleship means that you've got to be surrendered to God because you don't know what you're doing, you don't know where you need to go, and things of that nature. Well, discipleship causes you to be completely reliant upon the Lord, which now causes you to deepen in your relationship with Him. You've got to trust Him more. You've got to rely on what's happened in your life. You've got to consistently reflect back on what's happened in your life. Rather than just kind of doing your thing, rather than uh, becoming very religious, what you're finding is that you're seeing a situation to where you're needing to trust the Lord more than ever. And instead of that, what you're doing is you're trying to fix things on your own. You're trying to do things on your own. And then you realize you can't. You realize that you don't have the strength. You don't have the power. You don't have the ability to do any of those things. Yet what you're finding then is that with surrender and discipleship, going into a storm, you recognize, number one, I don't have to do anything. God's in charge. God doesn't require any more of me than just being faithful. You start realizing that none of the pressure that the lies of the enemy is throwing on you are valid. What you start realizing is that for me, in the storm, it's just for me to learn the lesson. The trial that comes into our life is for me to be able to learn from. And what you realize is you can surrender that over to God, and now the pressure and the stress and all that stuff is taken away. 
But when we're out of relationship with God, when religion becomes kind of repetitious and we, we don't really have a relationship with God and we don't really have a time of growth with the Lord and we're not in the Word and praying and we find that serving the Lord is becoming very repetitious, what we find is we become uninterested in, in worshiping God. And we begin to try to find other areas and other avenues to where we can be able to um, accommodate. So just like the nation of Israel, we began to worship other gods. We began to uh, not separate ourselves. We began to not be so convicted by sin anymore. But we began to actually participate more in sin than maybe we had previously. And so this is one of those things to where... As we're going to walk through the book of Judges, we see this problem of discipleship. And we need to be able to look at that in our own lives and ask this question. Number one, who's discipling you? Who is pouring into your life? Who is someone that is mentoring you? Who is someone that you are allowing to be able to speak into your life, to ask you questions that are very difficult, to ask you questions that are going to challenge you where you're at in your walk with the Lord? And who is it that you know that if you're dealing with something, they are a spiritual mentor that you can go to? If you don't have anybody, you need to find somebody. You need to find somebody that is biblically sound and biblically solid. And someone who is not going to try to teach you their way, but is going to teach you and point you to Jesus. You need to make sure that you have someone pouring into your life if you don't. But also, number two, you need to understand that you're going to need to start discipling other people. Now, that that really starts within the home. You know, I've got to make sure that I'm discipling my wife and I'm discipling my children. That's my responsibility as a man, as the head of my home. I've got to make sure that I'm starting to disciple there. But then I've also got to stretch it out some and I've got to start pouring into other people. So not only do I have someone pouring into me, but I'm also finding that I've got to pour into other people. And what you're doing is you are being discipled, but then you are also discipling others. And that is so vitally important because what it does is it causes you to to constantly flesh a lot of these things out. You're having someone challenge you and pour into you, which is causing you to grow. But then you're also using the growth that you have to pour into and challenge other people for them to grow. And that grows you as well. And so this is that constant mode of iron sharpening iron. And what we find is that a lot of people don't have anybody pouring into them. And then we also find that a lot of people believe, well, I'm not uh, smart enough or I'm not uh, knowledgeable enough as a Christian in order to be able to disciple someone else. Yes, you are. It doesn't take a lot of superior knowledge to disciple someone. It's just being able to walk alongside someone, pray with someone, pour into someone. And these are areas where you start. And so what I want to encourage you with is, number one, if you don't have someone that is discipling you, begin to start looking around you and say, who is one of the most godly people that I know? And go up and ask that person and say, will you meet with me once a month and begin discipling me? If they are someone who has a heart for the Lord, I promise you they're, they're not going to turn you away. They're going to uh, be prayerfully considering uh, being able to walk alongside and encourage you. But then also don't just sit down and let someone pour into you. Make sure that you began to look at pouring into others. Begin to ask God, put people in my path that I can be able to minister to as well. 
So I hope that this challenges and encourages you um, to see the importance and the need for discipleship. I pray that this also causes you to really look at discipleship in your life and how that you can be able to progress um, by either getting someone to mentor and pour into you or being able to do that with other people. I also pray that uh, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, that this is uh, you would understand that Jesus loved you enough to take your place on Calvary's cross and pay your sin debt uh, so that you could be able to have the gift of salvation. And I encourage you to talk to someone today and find out what it means to repent of your sins and ask Jesus to be Lord of your life. Also would ask if this has been a blessing to you to be able to go give this a rating, a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening to and leave a review so that way this can get out there a little bit more. Uh, Pray that you have a blessed day, that you've been encouraged and challenged, and we look forward to getting back into uh, the book of Judges next week.